Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. If you're joining us for the first time, this is a two-week series I started on spiritual warfare called Next Level, Same Devil. Next level, same devil, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 4. I'm going to have you stand in just a moment. We're going to read, but let me just set this up, uh, what I want to talk about today. But spiritual warfare, the devil is just uh, making his self known everywhere. I mean, he is just right in, right in plain sight today. I don't know if, you've ne- if you don't believe in the devil, uh, he believes in you. <laughs> uh, he is real, uh, and it's just like a mockery. It's just like something that's fun, people dressing up. It's just all over the place. And I believe it is just desens- trying to desensitize us to that there is a real devil. There is a real source of evil in our world today. The Bible describes him as Lucifer, a fallen angel. He's now Satan. He's the devil. He's the tempter. So we've been looking at the temptation of Christ. And what he does is when he, uh, he wants to tempt us and to pull us and to stop the work of God in you so he can stop the work of God through you. That's what he's trying to do. So he gets us discouraged. He gets you offended. He gets you distracted. He pulls us here. He tells you, you don't need to go to church. You don't need to raise your kids in the family. You can do it your own way. And he does all of these little things to stop what God wants to do in our life. But I'm here to encourage you, and I want you to know And I want to um, remind you that you and I are the threat to the devil's kingdom. You are the weapon. The Spirit of God is upon you. And we just got to embrace that. We have to receive that, believe that, and walk forward in that. I love that song we sung, that God's love, there's no mountain he won't climb, no wall he won't break. As I'm sitting there singing, I'm wondering, I wonder what a God is thinking about that song. I think God is saying, I'm looking for a people that would say that about pursuing me, that there is no mountain they won't climb to get to God. There is no wall they won't break down to get to God. There is no lie of the devil that they will pull down to get to God. Am I in the right church today? God is saying, I I need a people like that. When Elisha took the mantle from Elijah, he said, where is the God of Elijah? And he smote the river Jordan, and the Jordan River parted. But I, and we, play, we say that today. Where is the God of Elijah? But I believe God is saying, where are the Elijahs? Where are the people that will stand up with a mantle and the anointing of God and say, I'm not backing down from culture. I'm not going to get pulled into sin by the flesh. I'm going to stand for what the Word of God teaches. I'm going to stand for what the Word of God says. I'm going to preach it as for me and my house. I'm going to serve the Lord. How many's with me today? You with me? Preaching already, already. Ain't even got into the text yet. That's what I'm feeling in my spirit today. And so in, um, let's look at Luke chapter 4. Let's go ahead and stand. Your Bibles are opened at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 3 and 4 is the story of Jesus coming uh, into his purpose. He is, um, he is leaving his family business. Him and his dad are carpenters. So he, he is leaving his family business to fulfill his purpose. How many know that we all have a purpose? And he is, chapter three and four, Jesus is our example. We are to follow him in what he did in these two chapters. 
Uh, and so he has, uh, he's walking in his purpose. We all have a purpose. Have you found your purpose yet while you're on planet Earth? Your purpose is to serve God, is to bring glory to God. That's our purpose, and that's what's missing in our life until we find our purpose. And, and so Jesus, uh, his, his ministry was to be, in, his calling was obviously full-time ministry. We may not all be called to be in full-time ministry, uh, but we are all called to share the gospel. Amen? Uh, Hebrews chapter 5 says, no man elects himself to be a pastor. Come on, somebody. <laughs> if you ain't called, as my daddy said, if you ain't called, don't do it. Come on. Uh, but we all are called to share the gospel. Peter said we should always be ready to give a, a reason and an answer to what we believe. So we should be teaching the gospel. That's one of our purposes. So Jesus, he steps into that purpose. He gets water baptized. How many of you have been water baptized? Need to get water baptized. Water baptism separates the tire kickers from the car buyers. Let that sink in. I love you. I believe in Jesus. I don't know. Listen, we need to follow Jesus. Jesus didn't have to get baptized. <laughs> John said, why am I baptizing you? He said, I'm doing this as an example for mankind and to fulfill the scripture, so baptize me. So if Jesus got in the tank, we need to get in the tank. We're going to have an outdoor baptism next month when we do the outdoor service. There'll be an opportunity to sign up. Fathers, get baptized. Show your kids. This is what we do. Let, let's get into the tank. Let's get in. It'll be a pool. Let's get into the pool and get baptized for Christ. We need to come out and, and show our love and be public. Everybody else is coming out and showing stuff. Let's come out and say, this is what I believe. I stand for what I believe. Come on, somebody. So Jesus is baptized in chapter 3. He stands and he prays and the heavens open. Are we praying, people? God is, is you know, we're called to pray. This is a, these are levels that Jesus is doing. Chapter 4, he is filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of you have been filled with the Holy Spirit? We had 15 to 17 people got filled or refilled with the Holy Spirit in the last month. Isn't that amazing? Okay, well, this is why we're preaching what we're preaching, because once you get filled... We then need to be equipped to go into what happens next. So he gets baptized. He has a prayer life. He's public with his ministry. Uh, he is filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he gets tempted. How many has been tempted? You're gonna fight. If you follow Christ, you're going to get tempted. You're going to learn how to fight. Now, some of you all love to fight. You're fighters. Some people like to fight. Others are not. They don't like to fight. Well, when you become a Christian, you're going to have to learn to fight. You're going to have to learn to stand for truth. And, and, and we don't want war, but sometimes uh, war is good. This past week, I know you're standing. I'm still going. I got a lot to say today. Come on, keep up. This past week was June 6th. It was the 78th year, I believe it was, we celebrated D-Day of when our military joined with our allies and we stormed the beach of Normandy. We, we jumped into the fight and we came unexpectedly. It was one of the bloodiest days of World War II, but it began the liberation of France. If that never, look, if we never done that, this world would look very different today. So we don't want war, but sometimes war is necessary. And when it comes to following God, if you're a pacifist or if you're someone who don't like confrontation, let me tell you something. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because you're going to have to fight against the temptation and fight against your flesh, fight against doubt and unbelief and the pull of the world. Hallelujah. That's my opening number one. Jesus, he gets tempted, he overcomes, and that's the whole point today. You are an overcomer. Look at the person next to you and say, you are a winner. 
There is no winners and losers in life. Let me say this. There is no winners or losers in life. There's only choosers. Say that again. There's no winners or losers in life. There's only choosers. You and I choose what we're going to do with the time, talent, and treasure we have. With what you're going to do with this word I'm preaching you. you got a Bible. We choose what we're going to do. For me, I believe it, I embrace it, and I try my best to walk in it. And I pray you do the same today. So Jesus does all of that. We're still following him as our example. Then chapter 4, he comes back to his hometown, and he is a different man. He is a different man. Verse 14 says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. And he went to Galilee. He goes to his hometown, which is Nazareth. He comes to church. He opens the book of Isaiah, and he begins to read in church, verse 18. This is what he says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And we say, yeah, that's Jesus. I've got news for you. Jesus, in chapter 9, hands this job and this mission off to us. We now receive the Holy Spirit, and now the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to do what I just read to you. Jesus is not on earth. He's not on Sumter Road today. He's not in here. You and I are called. We are now called to pick this mantle up. They didn't like his sermon so much so. He goes back and forth, verse 28. This is how they responded to Jesus' very first sermon. Look at this. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, rose up, and they thrust him out of the city. You ever been excommunicated? You start following Jesus, you may have some people drop off in your circle. It happened to him. These are his hometown people. He grew up in their city. He made coffee tables for half the neighbors. I'm not being funny, I'm being serious. I've been to Nazareth. I've been to this town. It's still there today. It's a beautiful little town. Jesus grew up there. This is one year after the temptation of Christ, so it's a year later. That's why it says, as his custom, he went into the synagogue. So this was a pattern. He was always going to church on on Sabbath. He stood up. He read this sermon. They didn't like what he said, so they they excommunicated him. And then look what happened. And then they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down off the cliff. Then passing right through the midst of them... He went his way. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Pray your blessing on our time in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. New level, same devil. I love what Pastor Steve was saying during communion. I, I didn't, had no idea he was going to share that, but, man, I, he's preaching. I looked over. I don't know if you guys heard me. I was like, he's preaching my sermon, especially this opening about our identity, um, who we are in Christ. And I love what he was saying about sometimes some of us have, just settled for the lies of the devil because of things we have done. This is a trick of the enemy to try to stop us from going to the next level. You ever stop and ask yourself, why do you do the things that you do? Now, I'm going to ask you three questions. I'm going to give you three scenarios, and I want you to answer them and see if you've ever, have we ever really stopped and asked why we do what we do? I was thinking about this. So the alarm clock. How many of you in the morning, when that thing goes off, you hit snooze? How many snoozers do we have? If you're watching online, say, I hit snooze. How many hit it multiple times? All right, all right. 
Okay, how many of you, when that thing goes off, you are up? Sometimes you even get up before the alarm. Yeah, you're the first one at work. You get on everybody's nerves. That's your calling. No, come on. You're there. You're ready to go. That's amazing. That's awesome. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, Dinner menu. How many of you, when you go out to eat, there is a healthy selection available on the menu? How many of you choose most of the time the healthy choice on your menu? All four of you, all right, all right. How many of you choose what tastes best for you? Yeah, I mean, I just, okay, look at that. All right, all right, that's just where you are. All right, okay, now this third one, you don't have to raise your hand, but it has to do with money. People get funny when you talk about money. But don't raise your hand, let me ask you, how many of you uh, honor God with the first of your finances by tithing unto him, and you've seen God's faithfulness and many times you've got money left over. You, you've just seen God show up in the area of your finances. Don't raise your hand. How many others of you, you already spend it before you get it? I mean, you just, it's just gone. You've already, you're living, you know, check to check, or, or it's just hard for you. You're a spender. You spend more than you know you should. Okay, you don't have to raise your hand. Have you ever stopped? My point is this, is why do we do what we do? Many of us have done these habits for many, many, many years. And some of them are not wrong. It's okay if you're going to snooze, you know, and all that. That's fine. I get it. And sleep in. But this is the point. We do what we do because somewhere along the line, we have embraced the idea of this is just who we are. Identity. It's like Pastor Steve was saying during communion. We just, we just, this is, I've tried to do the healthy thing. I've tried to do the finance. I've tried to do this. And, and, and you know what? I, I'm just, it's just me. This right here is what keeps so many of us from going to that next level to the things of God. Because I believe that we have just settled for an idea of our identity. And God is saying, listen, I've got so much more for you. Listen, I just want you to know you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can change. You can break some of these molds. And, and you don't, you know, you can be a better parent. You can be a, a better person. You can be uh, uh, who God has called you to be. You can go to that next level. It's not just for Pastor Eddie. It's not just for certain people. You can break out of the mold and break out of the habit if you would embrace the identity that God has for us. And the enemy don't like that. Listen, when I got saved, man, I was a new person. I began to embrace the, the identity that God said I am in Scripture. I began to see habits that I wrestled with for so many years begin to just break off of my life. I got four raises at my work um, in the last quarter of the year. That was never, that never happened. What did I do? I simply first showed up on time, hallelujah, for the first time. I was finally not late. I showed up. I did a good job. I wasn't perfect, and God's not wanting us to be perfect. He's expecting us, though, to make him a priority. And so I begin to just do these things, and, and I begin to tithe. And you know what? God began to bless me. I begin to see these things happen in my life, and the mold be broken. Somebody say next level. That's what I'm talking about. That's the next level. And the enemy, when he sees us heading that way, just like he saw Jesus heading that way, he began to try to tempt him. He began to try to stop him. He began to try to slow him down, and those lies will come back. Those echoes of the wilderness will come back. You can't do it. You're not going to be able to, do, to sustain that or, or this or that. And he, I'm here to tell you that you can change. 
You can break the mold, and you can be what God's called you to be, and we are called to be. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has called us to do what he's called us to do, is to bring the word of God and healing to this world. Now, let's talk about the devil, same devil. Everybody say same devil. Now, let's, let's get into this. I'm going to show you this. Now, verse 14 says this. It says, now, when the devil had ended his temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Now, last week, I focused in on opportune time. I talked about the different times that the enemy will come. I talked about so we can be aware and we can be watchful for when the enemy tries to come. I want to show you today how he comes, how he comes. And he's the same devil. He hasn't changed. And a lot of his schemes have worked, so that's why he doesn't have to change. But it says every temptation, it says the devil tempted Christ with every temptation. And some of you may be thinking right now, how is that every temptation? It's only three. I do believe he was tempted throughout his ministry. I know for a fact he was tempted. We all know that in the garden before he went to the cross. He was tempted. He was facing the Roman cross. He was like, Lord, if there's another way, let's do it. We know he was tempted throughout his life. Uh, but here's what I believe is uh, Luke is talking about here when he says every temptation. These three temptations that Christ was tempted that we have recorded in detail is three categories watch this, that all of our temptations that you and I are tempted with right now, that we are tempted with daily, every day, fall into one of these three categories. That's why it's every temptation. Scripture says also in Hebrews that Jesus was tempted in every way a man could be tempted, yet without sin. So he showed us uh, how, it, how it is to be tempted, but Jesus also showed us that we can triumph over temptation. He, can show, he showed us that we can triumph over temptation. So, and John says it like this. Here's what I mean by all three temptations are three categories. First John 2 says it like this. For all that is in the world, he says this is what's all in the world right here. You ready? Here are the three are. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He said every temptation that you and I uh, go through are in one of these three categories. And I like what he says. He says, these are not from the Father, but, it is, uh, but of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. How many can see that? If, we, if you love this world, you're in for a bumpy ride. I'm just going to tell you that. It, it's not what we're supposed to be loving and, and becoming attached to. We are pilgrims passing through this land. We have families, we raise them, we go on vacation, we enjoy the good things God has given us, but we know ultimately that this is not our home. It's okay to have stuff, but we just can't let our stuff have us. Come on, somebody. And it's okay that we do these things, but we cannot, this is not our home, this is not our God, this is not all that there is. This world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God will live forever. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Now, I made it easy in case you're going, I don't understand that. Listen, in other words, passions, possessions, and positions. You can write that down. Or sex, salary, status. I'll be here all week. I got all of them. I was thinking of that. I love these little cliches. It helps me remember things, okay? That's how I remember things. So, so passions, possessions, positions. The lust of the flesh 
Satan said, Jesus, eat this bread, food. It makes you feel good, lust of the flesh. Adam and Eve, the, food, the, the apple or the fruit looked good for food. Flesh, lust of the flesh, makes me feel good. The enemy will tempt us, and, and what we, this will make you feel good if you do this. It's a, it's a lust of the flesh, and everything that is drawn in that direction is in this category. Lust of the eye, the lust of the eye. The enemy took Jesus up on a high mountain, showed him the kingdoms of the world, and said, look at this. All of these kingdoms I'll give you if you would just bow down and worship me. Eve, the Bible says that Eve looked and saw the apple was good to the eye. You know, remember, remember the cartoon of the, of the wolf with the dollar signs in his eyes. You know, that, that's it. If I, if I can just get that, I've got to have a bigger house, a bigger car, a bigger this. And, and there's nothing wrong if God blesses you, again, as I said, with a car. You need a new car? Pray for a good car. Pray for me to get one, too, at the same time. Amen? But some of these things, this is what the enemy will tempt us to stop us from pursuing our purpose. Now, if we could fulfill our purpose better um, without doing these things, then, then it, it's a problem. It's a problem. If these things are keeping you from fulfilling your purpose, then it's a problem. Possessions. It's a way that the enemy tries to get us. Or salary, money. It's all about money. I've got to have this money. And the last thing is positions or status. The enemy took Jesus upon the, a pinnacle and said, if you would jump off of this pinnacle... Uh, and the angels will catch you, and people will go, surely this is the Messiah. Surely this is the Messiah. And Jesus said, no, I'm not going to go out like that. I know who I am. He said, I know who I am. I know my identity. I know who I am, and I am going to let God raise me up at his time. I know I'm the Messiah, and he didn't fall for the pride of life. So the lust of the flesh makes you feel good. The lust of the eye, oh, it looks good, i got to have it. The pride of life, it makes me be good. If I can only do this, I can be myself. I, if I only could do this, then, then I know I will be good. This is who I am. This is an identity. We hear a lot about the word pride this month. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. Pride of life. Let me just tell you something. Do you know... What the biggest sin in the Bible is, is pride. The biggest sin. The, the only sin in the Bible where God says, if you have pride, the only sin in the Bible that God says, if you have pride, I'll resist the proud, but I'll give grace to the humble. Do you know who the king of pride is in the Bible? A guy named Lucifer, who the Bible says pride was found in him. He is the father of pride. And the New Testament writer, Paul, writes to a young preacher, and he says, uh, since you are a pastor, be aware, don't put someone in leadership that is newly saved, lest they be puffed up with pride and come under the same condemnation as the devil. You'll never see that scripture shared on Facebook. Pride. So this thing about, listen, the only thing we need to be, have pride and the only thing we should glory is glorying in the fact that Jesus went to the cross. We glory in the cross. We glory that our sins are forgiven. We glory that we got our names written in heaven. We glory that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I glory in my identity that God said I am. And One day, everything I just said to you would be illegal in our country. That's where we're headed as a country. It's time 
But the church to stand up and say, I'm not hating on nobody. I'm just telling you who the word of God said. I, as for me and my house, I'm going to embrace the word of God. And if you've been told that you are what you feel or you're supposed to be this and you're supposed to be that and whatever those other identities are, if they go against what God designed you to be, I'm here with all the love to tell you you've been deceived, you've been lied to. You've been lied to. But this is what the enemy does. He's doing it in our culture. You know, he's attacking what we believe. This is what he does. So you and I have got to learn to recognize how the enemy comes And this is how he comes, is through one of these three categories. The devil doesn't have to do anything new. uh, He's not a a creator. The devil cannot create. He doesn't have the ability to create. He is a duplicator. He is a copycat. He copies everything God has done. God is the creator. God breathed life into Adam and Eve. He is the one that brings life. The devil just copies and mimics. Even in the last days, he's going to have a false trinity. He's going to have the Antichrist, a false prophet in him. Just like God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. Everything that God has done in the Bible, the enemy tries to mimic and copy. And that's just what he does. But I want you to know, that's why I said it's the same devil. You need to realize that it's just the same devil, just a different flavor. And that's why he gets many of us is because he comes in a different flavor. But it's the same, it's the same chip, different flavor. Like, I like Doritos. How many Dorito people we got in the house? Listen, I love Doritos. Doritos are good. Doritos are good, especially if you make, like, taco salad. Like, there's, some, there's somebody in our church that makes a mean taco salad, and they put Doritos in it. And uh, when they put Doritos in it, it's awful. How many love taco salad with Doritos in it? Okay, Amen. I love it. But you know what? Sometimes I wouldn't tell nobody, but I would actually put mustard on my Doritos. And then I was out fishing the other day with my boy Robert George. And you know what little Robert pulled out? He pulled out for lunch. So apparently, apparently I'm not the only one that likes mustard on Doritos. I was like, whoa, whoa. And and in fact, I I began to look and do some research. Did you know that there are over 100 different flavors of Doritos? Some of y'all know it now. Come on, you're going to be eating lunch in a little bit. Just calm down. There's spicy nachos. I'm down with that. There's Cool Ranch. Okay, that's been around for a while. I remember when when they first came out. Late night cheeseburgers. And then I kind of was like, you know, after a while, here, the point is this, it's the same chip, different flavor. And then some of these other flavors, as I was looking through here, I was like, what? Seriously? Yogurt flavored Doritos? Like, like, se- like seriously? Like, like, like I, mean, I mean, yogurt, I'm not hating on yogurt, it's good for you. You know, I never ordered it on the menu, but it's good for you. And, you know, we should have maybe some blueberries, it's good. Yogurt, mint flavored Doritos? And I'm just thinking about clam chowder Doritos. I mean, some things just need to be left alone, right? I was looking at these temptations and these whole things, temptations with Doritos. I begin to say, here's the point. It's the same chip, but different flavor. And after a while, you do have that reaction, like, seriously? And I begin to think about that, and I thought, Seriously? You're going to come out with these different flavors? Like, seriously? But then the Lord began to show me that when the enemy comes, 
Sometimes he'll use the same insecurities that you had when you were 15 years old. And I see him sometimes in me at my age, the same insecurities. And I'm like, seriously? Sometimes the same temper that I had when I was younger, I see the same tempt, temper coming out. And I say, seriously? Sometimes the same jealous attitudes that I had in high school. Sometimes the same jealous attitude. See, the devil doesn't create a new chip. He just puts a new flavor, and it gets us every time because we can't recognize what it is. We think it's something new. It's the same devil. It's the same chip. It just has a different flavor. Some of you guys, some of people, were awakened sexually, prematurely, and you now are battling sexual temptations older in life. And you're like, seriously? This is what the Lord put on my heart. Let me minister to you today. And the enemy is coming. You're like, seriously? The same thing that after I've been saved and after I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, the enemy is coming with the same thing, the same insecurity, the same temper, the same sexual problem that I have. But I got news for you today. The devil is the same devil. You just got to be able to recognize him and say, devil... I'm not going to go for that in Jesus' name. But here's the thing about the new le- our, our next level. When you and I go to the next level, the greater the level, the greater the consequences. It's one thing when you're 15 years old and you're in a relationship and you got some insecurities and you break up with your girlfriend and you don't go to prom. Whoa. But it's an entirely different thing When you're a runner and all your life you've run when your relationship got tough and now you're married with kids? Seriously? Clam chowder? Yeah, I put a little humor in there, but I deal with this as a pastor all the time and they want me to rebuke some devil off you. I'm telling you, it's not a spirit of clam chowder. It's the same devil that's been tripping you up since you were 15. He got you to run when you were 16. He got you to run when you were 17. All he's got to do is put a little bit. You're going to be like, ooh, clam chowder. Hmm, Let me try it. Same thing. Greater consequences greater consequences. And as I was reading this passage, the Lord began to speak to my heart, and he began to say, Eddie, I want you to tell, this is my one and only point, main thing for this message today is this right here. I begin to read that this is one of the most underrated stories in the Bible. As I begin to read this, I, I begin, the Lord said, stop right there. As I read it, it says that they Jesus was on top of the hill, and they, they pushed him to the hill. I, I, as I said, I've been to Israel, and I've seen this hill. It's very high. It's a mountain. And I saw it, and my mind went back to it when I was reading this story, and God said, stop right there. He said, this is where you and the American church is right now. This, on this hill. Let me illustrate it. Maybe it would be better if you have... A visual. How many visual people? I'm a visual people. Okay, youth. I told them I was going to use them, and I saw some empty seats. I said, you little cowards, you took off. Come on. Come on up, guys. Come on up. I'll give you some chowder-flavored Doritos when this is over. Come on up. Let me just get six, seven, six or seven of you young, young people. Come on, encourage them. One, two, three, four, five. That's it. That's it. 
I want you guys just to stand right here. You're the angry mob. A lot of these guys are going on their first mission trip in a couple weeks. Okay, okay. Stand around me, kind of around me like this. Come over here, Kate, and stand right here. Yeah, you guys are the angry mob. Look angry. Okay, don't be so friendly, Joey. <laughs> Joey's like, hey. <laughs> you hate me. All right, I'm Jesus. Okay, pretend. You're like angry, like, you're coming at me. Okay, very good. Okay. I thank God these are nice kids. See, they can't, they can't really do it. All right. Listen, Jesus is on top of the mountain. This is the real thing. We read it in our Bibles, and we go, oh, that must have been so pleasant. You know, This was real. Jesus grew up in Nazareth. These are hometown people. They know him. He knows them. He's preaching to them, telling them that they are the anointing of God is upon him. God has called him to be the Messiah, and he's bringing the kingdom of God, and he's serving notice on the devil that his day is over. Let me tell you something, we win in the end. Let me just tell you that. You win in the end. We win in the end. Okay? No matter what you're fighting right now, stay with Jesus because we win. We win. No other religion's going to win. The Christians are going to win because our commander-in-chief has already won. You and I will win. So the enemy will try everything, every flavor he can to get us to stop. This is what the Lord showed me. This is a new flavor. Somebody say same devil. But a new flavor of what he's doing to Americans and to you and to me today. When I saw this on the hill, and I began to see the angry mob begin to come, and I began to stop for a minute, and I began to read, and I said, wait a minute. This is the third time that Jesus is on top of a hill, and he is being tempted to fall. This is three times in this chapter that he is on top of a hill and the enemy is trying to get him to push, trying to get him off. The first time it was the kingdoms of the world, the enemy showed him and said, if you would just have all all of these, bow down and worship me, I'll give them to you. He said, no. The second one, he said, if you jump, remember, and I'll cast you up. And here's the third one. And I said, Lord, what are you trying to say? He said, this is the flavor that the enemy is putting on all of you today. Now listen to me. Is if that... If Satan can't get you to jump for pleasure, he's going to try to get you to jump from pressure. This is where you and I are right now. He can't get some of us with the flavors of the day. We've already tasted the cool ranch. It ain't all that good. We've already tasted all of this. It ain't that good. Hang with me. We've already been down the sexual confusion road. We've already been through that. We're done. But now I'm living in a day, not as a parent, now as a grandparent, now as a leader, now as a person on a new level. Now I have this new flavor everywhere I look. It's not getting me to jump because of pleasure. I don't really want it, but he's trying to get me to jump from the pressure. Can I tell you that in the crowd, I begin to look and I begin to see the economic pressure that many of you are dealing with today. You're afraid of what you're going to do. You're looking at your, your retirement and you're, how am I going to retire? How am I going to make ends meet? Have you seen the price of eggs? Have you seen the price of Doritos? <laughs> this is real. This is real. 
What am I going to do with my kids? They're getting older. They've got to go to college. Do I take them to college? What's going to happen with school? My kids are growing up in school. Do you see what's going on in the school? Say, oh, my gosh, this, this is pressure. And then some of y'all got family guilt. You need to spend more time with your family. But you know you're making ends meet. You've got to make all the money. And so you, you're neglecting your family, and you feel bad, and you've got the pressure. And you come to church, and Pastor Eddie's asking you to get involved. And you're like, well, I can't do this, and I can't do that. You're taking care of an of a aging parent or a loved one, and now you're a caregiver. You thought you would never, ever be at this stage in your life, and you're driving far, and you're spending hours, and you're physically exhausted. Here, lean in with me today. I'm telling you, you hear a little whisper saying, we don't want you no more. This thing isn't working for you. What do you mean you're anointed? You, he came to his own people, and his own people turned on him and said, it's not going to work. I'm reminded of when Elijah thought for sure that the fire fell, that a revival was going to happen, but Jezebel said, you better try it again, boy. Your Jesus ain't big enough for me. And Elijah ran to a cave and said, oh, take my life, God. And I tell you that a spirit of Jezebel is being unleashed on America today. This is the same devil. There is no new devil. It worked for Elijah, and it's worked for so many. It's trying to get you and me. Some of you may be an aged parent, and you're thinking, I can't keep up with technology. Who is going to take care of me? I mean, if I keep going, I'm going to get all of you. Has anyone else felt the pressure? The Bible says in the last days, there's going to be a great... A what? Falling away. Just can't take it. I'm not into all that crazy stuff. I just can't take it. As they begin to push... Feel the Holy Spirit telling you this is exactly what's happening in America. You have voices coming from everywhere, pressure coming from everywhere. This coming from every, some of you dealing with stuff in your family, your kids, your grandkids, your loved ones, you're dealing with the sexual stuff and all this is happening, and it's building pressure around you, and you feel the enemy coming. You just want to take your kids, go live in a mountain and hide. Welcome to what I'm telling you today. This is the new flavor of the day. This is what the enemy doesn't want you to see. This is why this is the most underrated story in the Bible. This is why you never hear this preached. I've never heard this preached. You know why? Because there's nothing shiny and sexy and awesome about this story. There's no uh, David and Goliath and he ran to the giant and he swung that one stone and the hand of God took the stone and hit the giant and the giant fell. There's no fourth man in the fire. There's no Daniel in the lion's den and an angel appeared and shut the lion's mouths. There's no Peter was getting ready to be beheaded and on the night he was going to be beheaded, he was sleeping, which is weird, but he was sleeping and an angel appeared and woke him up. There's no angel in this story and I believe in all of that and God does all of that. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But this is the most underrated story because it doesn't have any of that. Instead, it has this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And this is how you do it. He kept walking through the pressure. He kept walking through the crowd. Step by step. Kept walking through. He didn't feel anything. He didn't see anything. He he didn't hear anything. He didn't learn anything. He said, I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep walking because it ain't my time. It ain't my time. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's upon you. He's upon you. Thank you, guys.
Now, if you are feeling pressure, this is how I'm going to end it. This is a different service. So if it's your first time here, we got a bag of Doritos on the way out for you. God bless you. <laughs> Not really. But this is what I'm going to do, church. This is more than just Sunday morning church. I got to arm you. You got to be equipped. I don't want to arm you, and I want to equip you. And I want to remind you of what the word, there's no hype in this story. As I said, Jesus just walked right through them. I'd love to tell you when I got saved 26 years ago this November with my drugs and alcohol that an angel appeared to me and said, Eddie, and some anointing came over my head, and another one blew a shofar, and I went, you know, moonwalking through there. I was going to court. I owed thousands of dollars. My license was suspended. I had a terrible, horrible reputation. I was a liar, a manipulator. I had a bad rap. No one, they saw me coming, they took off because I owed them money. That was me. But I want you to know 26 years later, look what the Lord has done. And this is how he's done it. This is how he's done it to me. This is how he will do it for you. And many of you already have a story too. It was simply because you believe what I'm telling you. I'm, you believe that the Spirit of God is not a pie in the sky. It's what gets you up in the morning. It will cause you to walk away right through the temptation. That's why David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear no evil. Because angels with me? No. I got somebody else bigger with me. I'm going to set up a table right in front of my enemies. And I'm going to eat me some Doritos and salsa right in front of my enemies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what David said. He said, I don't have to feel no goosebumps because I am the weapon. I am the weapon. You know who the weapon is who's going to take back culture? Culture don't need to be canceled. It needs to be redeemed. And you know who God's called to do that? It's not going to be um, Archangel Michael. The only time Michael's coming back is when he blows that horn, brother. And you better be able to hear that, bro. That's all. The rest of it, he said, leave it up to you. Leave it up to you. Hallelujah. So I want to equip you today. And I want to pronounce this word over you. If you are in this place watching online, we have a whole online church. I love them. I'm serious. And if you are feeling the pressures of the enemy, that new flavor is getting to you. I want you to stand to your feet. I'm not going to call you up today. I want to do this over you. You feel the pressure. The pressures, you feel like you're Jesus on the edge of that cliff sometimes. And the pressure is just trying to push you up. I want you to stand. I want you to stand to your feet. I want to proclaim this word. I did this for our men uh, right after the men's conference. And there was a prophetic anointing in this place. Hallelujah. And I believe God's going to do it right now. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. I want you to look at these scriptures. I ain't making this stuff up. This is that you you haven't heard it because it's not being preached a lot. We always want to make, you know, something else out of it. No, but you and I are the weapon. Look at the scripture, 1 Corinthians. Those of you that are being tempted, every day you're being tempted, you're being pulled. Listen to the word of the Lord. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to handle. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? It's one of the first scriptures I memorized. Pastor Tony Story wrote it on a piece of paper and said, put this in your pocket, Eddie. I put it in my pocket. Every time I was tempted, I'd pull that thing out. No temptation has overtaken you such as common to man, but God is faithful. 
It will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to handle. But with the same temptation, provide a way of escape. Just keep walking. Look at this one. Jeremiah said, you are my hammer. This is a prophetic word. I don't got time to teach this. But he's talking about Babylon is going to arise in the last days. It's here. The, The spiritual empire of Babylon is rising right in front of our face. And he says prophetically that you are my hammer. You are the weapons of war. And with you, I will break the nation, the culture. I'll break the culture in pieces. With you, I will destroy the yokes. Why? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Those of you that are feeling pressure, would you close your eyes? Would you just lift your hands to the Lord? And in the name of Jesus, I want you to hear this word. No weapon. You might have heard it before, but listen to what it says. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue, every word spoken against you in judgment, watch this, you shall condemn. You condemn it. Why? Because you're the weapon. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. You can resist the enemy and he will flee. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their their righteousness is for me in Jesus' name. Listen, when they got filled with the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts, they went back to the same Rome, the same Roman Empire. When Moses had the burning bush experience, he went back to the same Pharaoh, the same Egypt. You're going to walk out of these doors and you're going to go right back to the same world. But something was different with the apostles after they heard this word. Something was different in Moses when he had his burning bush experience. And embrace this word and let you walk out of here different today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I proclaim that word over your life today. Receive that word in Jesus' name. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you receive some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Light, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.